from the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas. This is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. As our students and children who are visually impaired, blind, or deafblind get older, we find ourselves wondering, how do we prepare them for life after school? We invited one of our assistant principals, Tad Duzema, onto our podcast to explain what options are here at TSBVI for kids as they gear up for the real world. My first teaching job was with the exit program, which was a surprise to me when I was offered that position. The, the, the interview was for just a teaching position. I assumed that I would be placed in a, in a classroom that was similar to the one where I had been a teaching assistant, but I was offered a position in, uh, in the exit program. I think it really suits, has suited me well uh, ever since I started. I mean, I, um, I, f I feel like I just have a lot of, I, I brought and continue to bring a lot of experience, just life experience that, mm -hmm. that serves me well with this population. I've had a lot of employment you know, experiences myself, mm -hmm. lots of different types of jobs. I just feel, I've, I've felt a, a connection in, uh, with this population, with this age range. The more I've done it, the more uh, I've been involved in the process of helping students prepare for their life after school, the, mm -hmm. the, the more passionate I've become about it and the more I just, it feels like a very meaningful thing to, to do and, and, uh, uh, and it feels like there's a lot of opportunity for, for direct impact on, on, their, on their futures. How did you end up, because it's, you know, you didn't start seeking out a blind school, it sounds like, no. to work at. Like, how did you end up working with kids that are blind? I feel like the, the answer to how I got with, into transition and how I got into this field mm -hmm. has a similar answer in that it, I feel like they both sort of happened to me, and, yeah. and I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> but uh, I had to find another job, yeah. and knew somebody who was our chief financial officer at the time at this Texas School for the Blind, and I oh, just knew weird. him outside of work. Yeah, uh, I had been in, uh, I had gone to graduate school for education for general mm -hmm. ed. I thought I was going to be a high school English teacher. Oh, um, and after doing my student teaching back then, realized no way was that was that something i wanted to do and and i was pretty sure at that time that education in general was not something that i was interested in yeah but it, it when i first came to visit the school and just kind of get exposed to the to the school and to the population i was pretty quickly hooked mm -hmm. I, I just loved it here yeah. i loved the environment i loved the people the students and the staff i just everything about it was really attractive to me yeah yeah and it wasn't blindness specifically mm -hmm. it was just the, the population of, of of students I found really great and yeah. fascinating and fun to work with. Yeah, and probably the culture here mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely, and I'm, I still remember that season of my life and just being so, like I discovered like, yes, this is it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's cool. What's your current role here? I'm an assistant principal and I get to supervise programs that I worked in when I was a teacher. You did the work and, and now you get to just help other people continue to That's do right. the good work. Yeah, so I feel like I'm able to support teachers in a way that is, you know, m meaningful because I was in their shoes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that the transition programs here, there are kind of three distinct programs. So can you explain what those are? Mm -hmm. There is a program here called the EXIT program, which is an acronym that stands for Experiences in Transition. 
and that is what's typically referred to as an 18 plus program. So the students in that program are still receiving special ed services. They, they, they're referred to our school in the same way that any other student in our comprehensive programs is. They have IEPs, they have ARD meetings. Um, and so that this program is for the students who are between the ages of 18 and 22 and who have been referred to us by their school district to address whatever needs they have to prepare for their adult lives. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's by far our biggest program. Um, we serve somewhere between 40 and 50 students every year. This mm -hmm. year I think we're at 46 right now. Um, and it's, uh, it's a wide range of students. Um, students who uh, have multiple disabilities and who in their adult lives are always going to need a lot of support. Mm -hmm. uh, to students who are in uh, college prep classes and attending classes at Austin Community College while they're here and working independently in the community and who have goals to go and, and live independently and, and, and work independently and, and everywhere in between in that continuum. Mm -hmm. And so we just really work hard to create individualized programming for each of them that's geared towards their own needs and their own goals. Mm -hmm. Good. So that's so that's one. Exit. That's exit. Yeah. And then we have um, our career education uh, program. Uh, is it is it certainly does serve transition age students, and and our goal is to serve all ages of students. And with that program, yeah. we have teachers and job coaches in our career education department who serve the entire campus. We've established over the past few years a model that we used to serve students in middle school and high school and in our exit program. But then we also have staff who are working collaboratively with teachers of elementary students and students for whom our, our structured model doesn't necessarily fit mm -hmm. uh, so that we can be providing uh, experiential learning opportunities for for as many students on campus as possible, giving them exposure to work, giving them uh, opportunities to try different things, you know, hands-on opportunities, mm -hmm. and, and, and hopefully learn more and more about what they like and what they're interested in and how those things might eventually translate to, to work, whether it be employment or volunteer opportunities. And, and then we have another program called mm -hmm. the post-secondary program, which is a collaborative program between TSBVI and um, the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center, mm -hmm. which, is, which is under the umbrella of the Texas Workforce Commission. Okay. And um, that is also a program for uh, 18 to 22 year olds. And there are a lot of similarities between exit and post-secondary, but there are also mm -hmm. some pretty s key differences. Probably the biggest difference is that students in the post-secondary program are no longer in the education system. Okay. They've, they've graduated, they've mm -hmm. earned their diploma, and they are at the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center because they've been referred there by a, a, a counselor, uh, a voc rehab counselor. Okay. Whereas uh, students in our exit program are still part of the school system, they're referred to TSBVI through mm -hmm. their school district to, to receive services and to, for us to address needs in their IEP. Those that are in the post-secondary program, I know you mentioned that there's a capacity for just four within that at any given time. That's right. So then are they all working closely with Chris Cole? They are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the way that that works is they actually start at Chris Cole. They don't come directly into the post-secondary program. Oh, okay. Uh, they're referred um, and if they're accepted they go to they go to Chris Cole and there's a period of time where 
they're assessed. And during that period of time, if, they, if they're within that age range of 18 mm -hmm. to 22, and if the staff at Chris Cole feel like they're a good fit for our post-secondary program, then, then the communication starts between the staff at Chris Cole and, and our mm -hmm. staff in the post-secondary program. And then if, if everybody agrees, yes, it's a good fit, and if that, if that um, individual is interested, then, then, they can, then they can be eligible for our post-secondary program and then move into one of the four apartments that are on our school's campus. And how long, is, how long do they, on average, stay in one of those apartments? The targeted amount of time is five and a half months. Okay. We, we really like for it to be at least that long. Yeah. Because we find that we often need at least that much time to mm -hmm. be able to address the, the, the things that we want to address with students and to give them opportunities to, to get significant work in the community for a, you know, a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. and it can be longer. Okay. Uh, if there is, uh, if if everyone you know agrees that that's needed, mm -hmm. but that's our that's sort of what we aim for. Whereas in the exit program, they're with us typically for at least a year, right? If not longer. Okay. I've noticed that there's a lot of job coaching here at TSBVI and lots of different vocational um, settings. What kind of on-the-job training do students receive? when they're here that without even leaving TSBVI? We've found from experience that many students come to our campus with little to no work experience. And so five years ago or so, we designed a, a course called General Employability. Mm -hmm. That course is sort of phase one. It's step one in our, in our uh, continuum of, of courses that we offer within career education. And that course is offered to students who kind of fit that description. They haven't mm -hmm. really had they don't really know yet what they like or what they're interested in work-wise. Maybe they've had just a little bit of work experience, maybe they haven't had any. In that course, there is a teacher who's addressing the soft skills or the employability skills that mm -hmm. make up the, the, the TEKS for that course. A lot of it having to do with social interactions in the workplace, uh, appropriate dressing for different types of jobs. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the, those things that are needed to maintain employment. Right. Um, in that class, students are taught those concepts within the, the context of a, of a work setting on campus. Okay. And so they get to rotate over the course of a year, again, just to kind of give them some a, a taste of different types of work in the hopes that they'll start to get an idea about their strengths and their, mm -hmm. and their needs and their interests. They rotate through animal care, mm -hmm. coffee shop, culinary arts, assembly and manufacturing, and housekeeping. Okay. And when designing that, our, our, our motivation was to think about different types of work that would allow students to get a variety of experiences, some of which are more hands-on, others have more of an emphasis on customer interactions and, and you know, customer service. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly you know, didn't, don't feel that you know, we, we want to just limit our students to pursuing jobs that are directly related to those areas. We just selected those because mm -hmm. we thought it would give them a good exp uh, a variety. Um, another course that we offer is called Work Exploration. Mm -hmm. And that's also an on-campus uh, class where students, uh, ideally, as, as they spend more time with us, as they have uh, more experiences, as they work with more staff who, who kind of observe them and, and give them feedback, our hope is that they'll start to be able to narrow things down and um, identify, you know, 
at least be able to identify. I liked this thing about when I worked in the garden. I really liked mm -hmm. being outside. I really liked getting my hands dirty. I really liked yeah. that process. And so with work exploration, we, uh, we try to carve out work uh, opportunities for them uh, that can be more in depth, that can be longer in duration, and um, that will just allow them to just get more experience mm -hmm. and to continue to kind of dig deeper into what might that be like to, to work. And, um, and so th those students have at least a semester in a, in a work experience on campus. Sometimes that can extend even longer if it's really going well and they're really enjoying it. Oh, that's cool. There's a couple other classes in there that are designed to just kind of help them to kind of evaluate things, work on uh, um, things like resume writing and, and interview mm -hmm. skills and um, applications. And, and then eventually our goal, if they're with us long enough, is to really narrow things down to the point where we're able to have a pretty specific idea. They're able to have a pretty mm -hmm. specific idea about what they want to do. And then we, we, we work to pair them with uh, businesses in the Austin area where we can... Um, where we can get them out there and get them uh, a work, what we call a work training experience. Mm -hmm. The hope with that being that it's as close as possible to, to employment, where they're reporting to a supervisor and interacting with coworkers mm -hmm. uh, that aren't uh, students from our school, and um, where hopefully they can also start to work for longer periods of time and build up their stamina and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that kids go out into the community in Austin, mm -hmm. and um, you and I have talked about how it's really important to collaborate with the students' home community, too, if they're coming to Austin from out of town. Why, why is it important to keep connected with those home communities? I'd say the vast majority of our students, they are going to be returning uh, to those communities mm -hmm. when they're done with their time with us. Right. And everything that we're doing uh, when it comes to transition programming with our students is to find out as much as we can about what their what we refer to as their adult schedule is mm -hmm. what is it going to i hopefully look like for them uh, specifically mm -hmm. um, uh, you know what is life going to look like for them and and almost always that involves them in their communities determining what that schedule will be what that life will be like we've found from experience that the most effective model in those cases where we know they're going to be returning there is almost always to, to explore ways to have them return to that community and apply the skills that, that they've learned here in, in, in the settings that they're going to be long term. We don't know those communities. We're, we, we know yeah. Austin, but Texas is a, a really, really big state and there's no way that we're going to be able to know everything that is needed about all these communities that these students come from in order to really make a good plan that's going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And in order for it to, to, to really be to work, uh, there need to be a, a, a lot of players, mm -hmm. usually, uh, and most of whom are back there in that community. Mm -hmm. uh, school districts, families, um, Texas Workforce Commission, other adult agencies, and, and then other, other people who happen to be uh, uh, in that student's life or, or who could be uh, helpful. You know, we, we, we really need a lot of collaboration from all of them in order for, for us to, 
to help create a, a plan that's going to work. Mm -hmm. In the general public, there's a real fear factor around blindness and, and how, how could a person functionally complete a job, um, which we know to be false, but, uh, but societally that's just kind of a perception that's out there. And I know that having connections to community, you know, even, even the kids our kids go to school with are going to be business owners at some point. And, and so having some visibility in your home community, whether it's in employment or volunteer work or anything like that, I think seems to help all of our students with that transition to work once they get out of school. Um, and help alleviate some of that fear factor. Absolutely, and I think that the, the earlier and the more often we're able to, to have communication with all the players uh, that, are, that are needed to, to, to sort of establish plans, I think, I think the more we're able to gradually work towards helping people change their, their mindsets. Because mm -hmm. quite often even parents will, yeah. it'll take time yeah. for them or students themselves it'll take some time for them to really kind of wrap their heads around the fact that no you you, you can have a job and you should have a job and mm -hmm. and let's figure out what that could look like for you and mm -hmm. maybe it'll be the traditional way of of pursuing and obtaining a job or maybe it will take some more creativity and maybe we need to carve something out for you somewhere but uh, and that's and that's what we really try to do just figure out whatever yeah. we way we can to have the, the students out there in the community doing things that are meaningful enjoyable to them ideally getting an, an, uh, an income as a parent of a blind child myself you know I get really terrified when I think about post school because in school we're really protected and insulated and there's programming and he has somewhere to go all day every day and so it's a little scary to think about that when he transitions out of school age and what could he possibly do next. So do you have a success stories to kind of share about kids that have come to your programs and then transitioned back to their communities? Yep, I sure do. One that comes to mind is a student who is from the Houston area, from Katie ISD. Mm -hmm. She was a young woman who was on a, uh, a modified curriculum, not somebody who was going to be able to go on and pursue competitive employment in the traditional way, probably. Mm -hmm. We just kind of worked through it step by step, uh, very collaboratively. And just the first step, the first question was, okay, she's going to be finished with 12th grade. Does she need additional services beyond 12th mm -hmm. grade? And the answer was pretty clearly yes. Mm -hmm. And so then the next question was, okay, so what's the, what's the best setting for her to to receive those services should they should the school district continue the referral to TSPVI for our for our services or uh -huh. should they address her needs and so they were real honest and they said you know we're we're really excited about developing our 18 plus programming and our services we want to make it individualized we want to really make something meaningful for her and for all of our students but we're not quite ready yet why don't we have her come to the exit program for a year. Mm -hmm. They basically said that would give you guys time to kind of work with her, you know, make suggestions to us about how we could kind of take the baton from you and continue to serve her. So that's what we did and she came to to us in the exit program and it didn't take too long fortunately in her case for us to together decide on a on on some things regarding her adult schedule mm -hmm. um, she was a super sweet young woman she just had a great personality she was able to work with her hands in a way that was pretty effective but also pretty 
you know, at a pretty slow pace and mm -hmm. loved interacting with people, loved music. And so together we decided, well, what about a, what about a nursing home? Mm -hmm. Could she work in a nursing home? Would she like to work in a nursing home? And everybody, you know, we were in, including mom in that discussion and, and the student herself and everybody agreed, yeah, that, I think that might work. Mm -hmm. And in the school district, they were, they were able to identify, and I think they already had a relationship with a nursing home in their community okay. that they thought would be a good placement for her. So on their end, they started communicating with, mm -hmm. with that nursing home, letting them know about this student. And on our end, we just started to explore, like, what might that look like for mm -hmm. her to work in a nursing home? What might she do that would be enjoyable to her, meaningful and helpful to the, to the nursing home? And we just kind of kept going back and forth with, with the school district about that. Eventually, we were able to identify um, some things that, that she could and wanted to do. She was going to have a time, like a social time of meeting with people and kind of we were able to help her to know what questions might you ask somebody in a nursing home that would just kind of get them started mm -hmm. talking because I think we all know that people in those environments probably just love to talk about yeah. history and about their lives and about yeah. their grandkids. And so uh -huh. we started working with her on a script of here are some questions that you could ask. She learned how to lead uh, bingo using Braille bingo cards. Mm. She learned how to give hand massages. Mm -hmm. uh, she loves music and singing and so she started working on a playlist, a set list of songs that she could play on her keyboard and, mm -hmm. and, and sing. And, you know, they even thought about different genres. They were playing some oldies and some <laughs> more great. recent things. And so the more we learned, cause, and we were able to find out from the people in Katy and from the people at the nursing home what they might need. And that mm -hmm. was great for us because that really informed what we did with her instructionally yeah. mm -hmm. while she was with us. Mm -hmm. We just continued to work towards those skills and, and now this year she is back um, in getting services from KDISD and she's in that nursing home and she's mm -hmm. working and I just emailed uh, the director of that program a couple weeks ago who said things are just really going great. That's so awesome. that's I think is a really good example of what quite often is needed if, if we're really going to kind of create a, a plan that gradually mm -hmm. works towards getting students into that environment and, and it really allows our instructional time with students to be really meaningfully mm -hmm. spent teaching skills that really are going to be implemented yeah. in their lives. It's great that you took her interest into, I mean that that was really what everything built around mm -hmm. was her strengths and her interests because mm -hmm. I'm a, a person that loves my job, and but I find that there aren't a lot of people that love their jobs. So when you can start out that way as a kid right out of school doing something you really enjoy, I mean, talk about building for success. That's that's pretty great. Absolutely. The, t the concept of career and work uh, can, can mean a variety of things. It mm -hmm. can look different for, you know, a variety of, 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 of students. Yeah, yeah, it's a spectrum. It doesn't Absolutely. have to be one thing. What we do with, with parents when they come to exit is that we do this life plan with them, right, where we sit mm -hmm. down with the parents for a couple hours and we make sure they know, like, this is not an ARD meeting, this is, you know, this is informal, and there's lots of things that come out of it, but it's really all about just hearing from the parents. Yeah. And and the end result is at least the beginning of of an adult schedule, which is very simply just a, a table with five columns for the five days of the week and rows for each hour of the day. Okay. And, you know, we kind of try to guide the parents in thinking about what, what's that going to be, mm -hmm. you know, for your son or daughter? How are you going to, how's this time going to be filled? I think for a lot of parents that's daunting and 
terrifying and yeah but but just yeah. kind of thinking in those terms I think is helpful yeah. for parents because otherwise they, they just think in generalities for right. for even up until 20 21 or 22 right um, but they never have to really think about really what's it what's it really going to mm -hmm. be like you know when when there's no more school, school. Well, and I can remember someone asking us that once, you know, oh, what do you want Eddie to do when he's an adult? And mm -hmm. it's just like crickets in my brain, right. right? And then, but the first time someone said to me, what do you not want him to do mm -hmm. when he's an adult? And I, we had all kinds of things to mm -hmm. share about that, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like we don't want him to be home all day. We don't want him, you know, sp spinning or swinging or mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. listening to music in his room with mm -hmm. the door shut. Mm -hmm. Um, so having that adult schedule where you really outline each part of the day, I think that's a great idea. You know, I always present it to parents as like, this is a work in progress, you know, that's why we do it early. We want to get your input at the beginning, but then it's, it's sort of a living document that continues to get filled in and mm -hmm. become more specific as we work with your, with your kid and, you know, they learn more and we continue to come back as a group and evaluate and figure out, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully just make it more and more specific and fill it out more and more. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. So far in our series, we've highlighted many professionals for our Ask the Expert segment, but we all know the real experts are the students. Now that we've heard from somebody who runs the exit program, let's hear from somebody in the program. Introducing Alexis Lugo and her expert perspective. Hi, I'm Alexis Lugo, and this is my second year in EXIT. Can you describe what a typical day is like for you? We have like a check-in, and we just see how like our weekend was, and like what we have upcoming during the week. I have my regular TSPVI, which would be like O&M and Braille, but I go to Austin Community College, and there I take child development, and it's um, families and communities. Is that geared toward what you want to do when you're finished with school? Yes. What do you want to do when your time at TSBVI ends? I'm still trying to figure it out, but I know it's going to be something helping other people, young children to like young adult. So kind of elementary age kids, but also maybe some middle school? Yeah, or like high school or a little bit more older than that. Have you had some work experiences since you've been here? In my first year, I worked at a physical therapy clinic for children. That was one of my career paths at first. I just basically helped out the techs and the assisting the therapists and cleaning their center after their therapy session was done. Did you get to watch some of the therapy sessions too? Or yeah, observe? observe and if needed to help out in their session. What's your favorite part about being in the exit program? After you get the structure and the help from your teachers that 
you get to go out in the community and start thinking what you really want to do as a career or going to college or just finding interest instead of staying in a classroom setting. What do you do when you're not working or at school? What kind of stuff do you guys do for fun? We'll go off campus to Starbucks or stuff like that. Or we'll go to the rec for the air hockey. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you do you win very often? I just go there for fun. I'm not really competing to say who wins or not. I haven't played air hockey over there. I'm going to have to go check it out. It sounds yeah. like it's a hot item. Thank you to Tad and Alexis, and to all of you broadening your scope of services along with me. From the TSBVI Outreach Program and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.